1: what is going on everybody welcome to striking gold your 49ers podcast on the blue wire network my name is rob lauder and i cover the 49ers of course for all of you fine folks and welcome back to debo watch and if you don't get the movie reference then i have nothing else to say to you and this podcast is over Press the stop button tune out go elsewhere i'm just kidding debo watch continues I feel like that's all 49ers Twitter is. I feel like that's all 49ers land has become, is Debo Watch. Debo Land is... uh, And if Debo was trying to get all eyes on him, he has done exactly that. And we're taking it one step at a time. And the latest in Debo Watch is... John Lynch spoke to the media today for his pre-NFL draft yearly press conference. And of course, the press conference started out with... Debo watch. All right. I think that might be the last time I'm going to say Debo. And I'm just kidding. So, yeah, obviously the, the, what everybody wanted to know, John Lynch was not going to give, um, he made it clear before reporters were even allowed to ask questions that he was not going to stock talk on the specifics of Debo Samuel and what his contract negotiation status was, how those negotiations were going. um, anything to do with trades and possible trades and interest and he basically stonewalled it right from the start and he did say you know that he kind of danced around the idea that he couldn't imagine trading Debo Samuel I mean that's really the as in-depth as he got in the entire discussion was telling everybody that he could never imagine trading a player as good as Debo Samuel, which I do understand. Obviously that is a very valid point. It's not to be, it's not, I'm not dismissing what John Lynch had to say on the matter but he made it very clear from the start that he wasn't going to get into the meat and potatoes of what Debo Samuel's issues issues with the organizations were, whether or not the 49ers had made Debo Samuel an offer, whether it was a fair offer, um, whether there were any other issues that were prompting the very out-in-the-open and obvious request uh, for Debo Samuel to no longer be a part of the 49ers and be traded to another team. And John Lynch's reply to that was basically, I, I could not imagine trading Debo Samuel. And does that mean the 49ers are not going to trade Debo Samuel? It does not. But John Lynch does not sound in any way pleased about the reality that he's being presented in the fact that Debo Samuel may or may not be a part of this team come next year. Um, John Lynch did not look comfortable, I would say. He looked frustrated. He knew what he was going to have to endure. He knew what he was going to have to go through in this conversation and what type of situation Debo Samuel had put him in and or what type of situation John Lynch and the 49ers front office have put Debo Samuel in. So he just looked kind of irritated that he even had to talk about something like this as they approached the NFL draft. And I'm assuming that is why he kind of stomped it all out before it could even get started. And so in terms of updates regarding Debo, his status with the organization, uh, there really were none. Uh, We're left to decipher what there is to decipher from the national media, which essentially is, you know, if Debo is going to get traded, it's going to be in the next 72 hours as we lead up to the draft. And if he's on the team after the draft, then... Maybe he's on the team. Maybe he's not. Maybe they can work it out. Maybe they can't. So it, it kind of just keeps rolling on in a really, you know, uh, somewhat annoying and frustrating way. We have really have no idea what's going on. Um, it, it really just seemed like John Lynch was taking that time to remind everybody that the 49ers are in control. And Debo Samuel's Tebo Samuel's rookie contract still has another year left on it. And then if they saw fit, they could franchise tag Debo Samuel the year after that. And I believe there is another year of franchise tags to offer after that. So um, you're talking about an organization that has control of Debo's contract for possibly another three years. And then if any holdout were truly involved, Debo Samuel, you know, if he really did hold out, he wouldn't even be allowed to accrue a season. So it would just draw this thing on. So. In reality, now that's not necessarily the entire reality. I say the reality, even though we all know it's more complicated than that. You know, the, Debo Samuel remains under contract. Would he come play? Probably not. Um, would the 49ers want to wander down the road of a very public dispute with a player in which they were fighting him uh, over and over and over as he failed to show up? You know, then you're willing to you know at least put the locker room at risk and what their opinion of the matter is and you know if a very teams are the reason players in this situation do get traded is because teams just don't want to deal with the the hassle and i i it's hard to know where the 49ers stand on that yet you know have they are things irreplicable? can they not be repaired can Uh, Can the 49ers and Debo Samuel not come to any mutual agreement that involves, one, a new contract or two, playing, continuing to play for the 49ers? And if that's the case, then obviously the the best choice would be to trade him where his value is at the highest it may ever be. But we just we don't know. We don't know if that's where they're at. We don't know if things can be fixed. Even Debo Samuel in his infinite wisdom tweeted at one point or, or I believe it was on Twitter um, just said like, Hey, these, these, these media people don't know anything. The only thing that the only people that know something is me, the 49ers and my agent. So who knows what that means and where that puts us, but you know, nothing new. We talked about this all last podcast for over an hour. So I don't want to bore you with it for another, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes when we've kind of talked about it all. And there really hasn't been a whole lot of updates. The only new thing we've seen is a quick clip of somebody in a club ordering a huge sign along with some alcohol that said Debo Samuel's coming back to the 49ers. And Debo Samuel saw it and was laughing and then kind of gave the uh, the hand across the neck like, it ain't going to happen, Jester. But who knows? I believe uh, Ian Rappaport mentioned it on the broadcast, and he said like he took from it like Debo Samuel was telling the guy to stop filming him. Um, but when you watch the video, the first thing you're going to see is it looks like Debo Samuel saying, Nope, I am not coming back to the 49ers, but that's reading a bit too far into the tea leaves for me. And I don't think we need to really do that. Like what's going to happen is going to happen. And we'll want know one way or the other. And when it is decided one way or the other, we'll know, like people aren't going to sit on that information. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I honestly For me to you guys, I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea. Usually there's some type of of feeling or leaning or something that I really have no idea what's going to happen with Debo Samuel. I have no idea if he's going to be traded for a draft hall uh, this Thursday. Uh, I have no idea if if the fences are able to be mended and he's going to play with the 49ers next season. I have no idea if they're going to extend him. Uh, I don't know. I really have no idea. The only question I have is, how did this happen? And we still have not been given a legitimate answer to that. How did this happen? How did we go from Debo Samuel seemingly ecstatic that he'd kind of created this new wide back position where a receiver can play running back and a running back can play receiver, and he can do the best, and he can do both at the highest level, his numbers would would represent one of the best running backs in the NFL, and his receiving numbers were among the best in the NFL. The 49ers had put Debo Samuel in the position to do this, and Debo Samuel had put himself in the position to do this on the 49ers, along with everything that Kyle Shanahan and that coaching staff brought to the table. Uh, and it seemed like sunshine and rainbows. Like, like, why not do this every year? Let's pay Debo Samuel a lot of money, and he can just – put up over 2,000 yards of offense for for us every year. Why not? Sure, let's do it. But something happened. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was a contract offer that Debo Samuel considered insulting because we got to remember, that's where this started out. Was him doing random posts or liking random posts on social media that says if it's not 25 million a year, we ain't interested, all that stuff. So I just, I have no idea how we got to this point. I have no idea what's been done. And I I do not know what it's going to take to fix it. I don't know. I I don't know. It's just, it's been really frustrating because it's just little tiny breadcrumbs here and there to which you're not really sure how accurate they are. It's just been, it's been annoying. And of course, you know, last year, 49ers fans had to deal with Mac Jones for a month straight. Mac Jones, Mac Jones, is the guy, the 49ers taking Mac Jones. 49ers traded up to get Mac Jones. Mac Jones. The 49ers are taking Mac Jones. Sure enough, the 49ers took Trey Lance. So, uh, you know, uh, this could very well be the same. Debo Samuel wants out. Debo Samuel requests a trade. Debo Samuel is not happy. Debo Samuel wants out. Debo Samuel wants to play for the Jets. The Jets are interested in Debo Samuel. Uh, could the Panthers trade for Debo Samuel? Could the Packers, Chiefs, could anybody trade for Debo Samuel? Oh, the 49ers and Debo Samuel have agreed to a blockbuster, five-year, $150 million extension. You, know, like, you can see it happening. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't even know if I think that's going to happen. But that would just be par for the course, right? All of this drama, and then, oh, 49ers are fine. Everything's good. Debo Samuel's happy. Here's his press conference. He's now making $27.5 million a year on average. You know, I'm just pulling those numbers out of my butt, by the way. But so I don't know. NFL Network's Peter Schrager. I was listening to him a little bit on the uh, Rich Eisen show, uh, which is amazing, by the way. You got to listen to it. He was very optimistic. He, not very. he was optimistic the 49ers would be able to fix it. Uh, he said it. he just kind of believed that it, it came back to contract numbers. And maybe that first offer was insulting enough to Debo Samuel to send him down the path of unfollowing on Instagram and deleting your 49ers pictures. You know, and then everything we've seen since. So, I don't know. It would just seem so NFL for all of us to go down and, Oh, Debo Samuel resigned signed with the 49ers for a huge contract, and we're moving on. You know, like I don't know. You guys know what I'm saying. But anyways, we'll move on. I don't want to hit you with just minutes and minutes of Debo Samuel two podcasts in a row, but that is the uh the prime storyline for the 49ers. Right behind Debo Samuel, um that John Lynch was talking about in his press conference was starting center, starting veteran center, Alex Mack. Um who up until today, it seemed likely that Alex Mack would return for another season. He did get married uh, in the off season, and he, I know he was enjoying his honeymoon. And he was not entirely sure whether he was going to return for another season. And up until this point, everything kind of Kyle and John have said have seemed like he was returning. And at the same time, while I'm saying this, I I almost feel like maybe I've been baited because they talked the same way about Joe Staley before Joe Staley retired. They seemed very, very optimistic that Joe Staley was going to return and play another season. And he didn't, he announced that he was going to retire right after, uh, first round of the draft I believe and first or you know, right after the draft or right out of out off after the first few rounds something like that I don't remember the exact timing but we obviously the storyline was the 49ers were a, and Joe Staley were able to keep his announcement quiet as to not affect the 49ers draft plans which were to acquire one Trent Williams from the then Washington Redskins now Washington Commanders please commander you are our last hope if you don't get the reference again for the second time this episode, then please press the uh, stop button. I'm just kidding. Don't don't stop listening. Come on. Anyways, so John Lynch spoke to the uh the media about Alex Mack and his status and everything about the way John Lynch worded that conversation seemed like Alex Mack was retiring. John Lynch did not act confident at all that Alex Mack was returning and he also said a couple things that would lend us to believe that he is retiring and that was the general consensus among the beat writers that were tweeting about the subject was it just seemed like that was it you know and John Lynch had a couple quotes you know he said that he's not going to speak on Alex Mack's status and his retirement, and he didn't want to annou- make an announcement that, you know, he didn't want to say anything about a player when that player has news. That's almost a direct quote. I don't want to speak on a player when that player has news. Doesn't, doesn't that mean he's retiring? Because if Alex Mack was going to play another season, there would not be Uh, I mean, you would hear about it, you know, per reports, Alex Mack intends to come back. But an announcement, that to me sounds like retirement. Alex Mack is not going to announce that he's going to play another season. He doesn't have news that he's playing another season. The, The only news would be that he is no longer playing in the NFL and he would like to retire. And again, you have to hear how John Lynch says this. You have to hear how it's worded. You got to hear the tone of his voice, the look on his face. And you'll kind of get the idea that it does not sound like Alex Max is coming back. And the 49ers do, want, do not want everybody in the world knowing that they are probably going to take a center with pick, what, 61? Their, their second round pick. So they're hoping, just like in the Joe Staley mess a couple years ago. That they can keep Alex Mack's status on the down low as as much as they can until it's time for them to make their draft pick on Friday. Being the second round. So um, could I be completely, uh, could I and a a lot of beat writers be completely misreading this? Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, But it really, really did sound like Alex Mack was no more. And he was going to call it a career. Just by the way, John Lynch was wording everything. And, uh, and that would take center. That would instantly, what, no matter what your opinion was, uh, that would instantly vault center to the top of the NFL draft needs list for the San Francisco 49ers. So that's an interesting prospect. Um, I know in our crossover pod a couple of pods ago with the boys from Candlestick Chronicles, Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, Kyle Mattson of Niners Wire. Make sure you guys are dropping them a subscription and giving them your listen as well. They deserve it. Very good dudes. Um, Biederman will, will get good at golf. I promise. We'll get him there.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. you need indeed.
1: Chris Biederman's draft take was that they were going to draft Cam Juergens, the center um, in with their second round pick. And I know that Juergens has also been working with Joe Staley and, and Joe Staley, the 49ers have been trying to get him into that office to either become a coach or some kind of consultant. And so, you know, the 49ers have probably already talked to Joe Staley about what their opinion, what his opinion is of Juergens. So, is that going to be their guy? I have no idea. I don't even, you know, again, we're all basing this on the idea that it seemed likely that Alex Mack was going to retire just based on the, on the way John Lynch was wording things, but maybe hey, he's, maybe he's playing 3d upside down underwater chess and Alex Mack's not retiring. He's coming back, but John Lynch wants us to think he's lying about Alex Smith. Al- excuse me. I love Alex Smith, man. What a, what a dude, what a career wants us maybe John Lynch wants us to think that he's hiding the fact that Alex Max max retiring but in reality Alex Max is coming back and so the, you know this is this is unbelievable chess and space so we'll see we'll see we don't need to get too wrapped up in it but if he does retire the 49ers will will obviously look to replace him relatively early in the draft because the center is a very very important position in Kyle Shanahan's offense and uh, one that John Lynch did say during the press conference that a center was capable, a rookie center, uh, more specifically, was capable of playing that role in Kyle Shanahan's offense. So um, definitely something that uh, to keep an eye on and see if there's any rumblings, anything coming around, uh, any any whispers, if you will, that, that extend beyond Debo Samuel and actually pertain to Alex Mack. Uh, if we are going to hear about that, and if he is retiring, I'm assuming we wouldn't. Hear about it until the end of the NFL draft, so that's yeah, just to uh, to protect their hand mainly. Mainly, uh, John Lynch did say that one Jimmy Garoppolo. We've actually had just like maybe like a week and a half of not talking about Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, is on schedule to start throwing in June, which is just right before training camp starts. Usually, training camp starts uh, mid to late July. So he uh, he did say that Jimmy Garoppolo was on course to play, to start throwing in June, and that's good. Um, obviously, teams may become more, what teams are left that need a quarterback, may or may not become more interested in James once he starts actually throwing the ball and clips of him throwing are posted to social media for people to analyze and, and break down. So we'll see. But And of course, John Lynch, being the, uh, the poker player he is, I'm not sure how good of a poker player, but just kind of acted like keeping Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster in 2022 was a feasible thing. Well, hey, you know, he's due 25 million. We can foot the bill, I think is the wording he used, which is to me just ludicrous. Like, obviously finding a rookie quarterback that's good and that can take your franchise to another level is the main goal. Unequivocally, is finding a great player is the main goal of drafting a quarterback. But right behind that is to allow your roster to benefit from the cheapness of a rookie quarterback's contract in relation to 30, 35, 40, 45, 50 million dollars a year, which is a dramatic percentage of your salary cap. So getting that quarterback for four years on a rookie contract, and then for a fifth year on a franchise tag, if you'd like to go that route, is one of the biggest benefits of drafting a rookie quarterback. And so you're telling me just because you're too stubborn to accept the fact that Jimmy Garofalo's trade value may not be great, that you are willing to absorb $25 million in salary cap just to hold on to the guy, even though, by all accounts, Trey Lance should and would and will and whatever you want to use there could be the starter. Like it's just, it's just gotten to the point where it's so tired and it's so dumb. Like I guess maybe they could rework the contract and make it to where it's a little easier to stomach, maybe a eight to ten million dollars. But even then, that just seems like malpractice negligence when it comes to the salary cap to just. You're moving on to a different quarterback. You traded, you gave up three first-round picks and a third-round pick to get him. What the hell are you waiting on? So I don't know. It's just Maybe it's just my patience wearing thin on the idea that the 49ers could keep Jimmy Garoppolo into next season at a, at a grand cost of 20-something million dollars. It just seems so silly to me. You drafted Trey Lance, third overall. Move on. And maybe, maybe the 49ers come out, come out clean and another team ends up needing a quarterback after a training camp injury or they end up needing a quarterback um, or, or it's one of the few teams that just plain need a quarterback. Something smells really good in the house right now. I don't know what it is. She's out there doing her thing. I'm excited about that. But anyways, I don't know. Maybe the 49ers get lucky and another team comes calling. And they're willing to trade what the 49ers want for Jimmy Garoppolo, but to sit there and act like you can just keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster for another season at his current salary, to me, it's just I'm oh like, like, I feel like if I would have been in that room, I would have just been like, ah, my head falls back on the on the cushion. It's just like stop, just, just stop. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm out of my mind. It, it just seems like too much to me. But on that same note, John Lynch did say that he saw the report saying that Trey Lance had been told that he was expected to be the starter next season, as if the aforementioned history of his draft selection didn't already tell him that, you know, a team trading, using a first round pick and then trading two more to move up and select you. And then, you know, in addition to another third round pick, it's just, it's silly you know, uh, when Trey Lance was selected third overall behind that kind of a a draft haul, that's when he was told he was expected to be the starter. Let's not competition, no competition, uh, whatever you want to call it, earning the job, not earning the job. When you get selected with that pick behind those kinds of circumstances, you are expected to be the starter. And I don't care if Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. Jimmy Garoppolo was on the roster when they made that pick when they said, we are getting ourselves a Trey Lance. Sorry, Jimmy. That is when Trey Lance was told that he was expected to be the starter right then. So the whole premise that somehow Trey Lance wouldn't be the starter is just laughable. And the only reason, the only realm in which that could be entertained was just gross mismanagement of a roster, of a situation, or or if you want to point even more specific, of your scouting department for assuming this guy could come in and... and Get the job, and then apparently he can't. So you need to fall back on the guy who was already on your roster, and Jimmy Garofalo. That's that's going moving way down the rabbit hole. I don't think it's something we're going to have to worry about. But the idea that Trey Lance starting is still a conversation is just silly to me. But um, John Lynch did say that they've been very impressed with Trey Lance. Um, they do believe Trey Lance is ready, and of course they believe he was ready. He was ready when when they called his name on draft. Now the the idea that he has there's some readiness test that Trey Lance has to pass is just silly um uh, it, of course Trey Lance is ready now the 49ers had Jimmy Garoppolo go the Garoppolo on the roster and so that gave them the luxury of giving Trey Lance a year Trey Lance got a couple starts um looked decent in the first start and looked pretty damn good in the second start so Of course, Trey Lance is ready, and and that doesn't mean that he's never going to make mistakes, but he's as ready as he's ever going to be. That's just the way it is. You know, John Lynch sitting here saying they think Trey Lance is ready, uh, reports that Trey Lance has been told to be the starter. It's all a mute point that the contract's already been signed. They already gave up the draft hall to get him. We're going to get a chance. We're going to get our chance to see Trey Lance's, you know, week one of the 2022 slash 23 season. And we'll get a, we'll see what he's got. That's the way drafting a rookie quarterback third overall after trading up works. It's just not a revelation. It's just crazy that it gets talked about like it is one. After John Lynch spoke with the media, a few of the players made an appearance. Uh, one of them was Mike McGlinchey, who looks who looks good, um, whatever you were led to believe when it comes to the fact that Mike McGlinchey looks like he was 215 pounds. Uh, that must have been a misleading photo because Mike McGlinchey looked pretty damn big. I know Chris Biederman uh, said that he saw him semi-recently and he said he looked like a good 315 pounds. We've seen clips of Mike McGlinchey out there running and sprinting, which after a torn quad is, is good to see. And he said he should be 100% full go for training camp. He's been um, hard training for for a month or two now. And he looked ready to go. He looked healthy. He looked in good spirits. He looked ready to get back out there. And he's a huge piece to this puzzle. The 49ers need Mike McGlinchey to bookend opposite Trent Williams. You know, obviously he's a he's a first round pick and he's a big part of that show and and he needs to uh he needs to perform and the 49ers are going to have a tough choice to make when it comes to Mike McGlinchey um given all the other contracts they have to give out i i, I don't believe the 49ers would be able to would be willing to make Mike McGlinchey a, a huge contract offer but i don't know where that's going to go we'll see but Mike McGlinchey looked healthy he looked ready to go he was asked if He he was asked what were his thoughts on the Debo Samuel situation, and he was really, really quick to shut that down. He just basically said the entire locker room feels the same. Debo Samuel's contract negotiations and the way he's going about it uh, are none of their business, and they're not going to talk about it in the locker room. They're not going to talk about it with Debo Samuel. They're not going to speculate on it they're not going to judge him for it and fred warner said the same fred warner talked next and they basically just said like and fred warner's just coming off a brand new extension that process is that process every player's process is different it's none of their business they are trying to secure a contract to take care of their family and they're all different and every player is going to have to go about that in their own way. And Mike, both Mike McGlinchey and Fred Warner said, you know, we're here if, if he needs help, but that's none of our business. And and that is something that I feel like a lot of fans forget is the NFL is a business. And yes, you can be a fan of a team and you can love a team and you could make that team part of your life, a big part of your life, you know, but you can't forget that for these players, it's, it's a business. It is their livelihood. It is their job. Teams can cut and release players whenever the hell they want to. And so a team, a player should at times be equally shrewd in their attempts to secure a contract, secure these guarantees, and secure this money for their family. And uh, and so it, it, that was really kind of the tone that both Mike McGlinchey and Fred Warner had. Like, look, we let agents handle this stuff. We don't talk about it. Our job is to go out there and play football. And it, it, what how Debo Samuel's contract negotiations are going, and what he wants from this team, are none of our business. And I think a lot of us forget that if Debo Samuel were to get traded, a contract extension would probably have to be part of that deal. So, uh, you know, as whether you agree with it or not. And the way he's going about it, Debo Samuels' end goal is to get that contract and to become a very highly paid player, one of the highest-paid receivers uh, in the NFL. And uh, that's that's his goal. So he's going about it in the way that both him and his agent have, have talked about, and we'll see where that leads. But in the end, you got to take a step back and realize it's a business. Um, if any of us were in this situation – and, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars were on the line, then we would probably uh do what's best for us too. So uh that was the tone that both Mike McGlinchey and Fred Warner had when they talked about Debo Samuels contract negotiations. And uh it was obvious that they both wanted him on the team. Uh Mike called him one of, if not the best player on their team. There's obviously nobody that wants to see him gone, but it was just interesting to see how gracefully both of those players handled it and saying, like uh, it ain't any of my business. They weren't offended. They didn't seem offended. They didn't seem upset. That Debo Samuel was, was uh, seeking the attention that he has sought to, and brought the attention to that matter that he has. They just seemed like a, hey, like it ain't our contract. It ain't our job. It ain't our life. He's, he's got to do what he's got to do. So um, just an interesting, interesting to hear that point of view from other players after John Lynch basically wouldn't say anything about it. So at least they were willing to open up a little bit about, about their points of view. Uh, we also heard from Elijah Mitchell, who said that he had a, a very simple uh, knee procedure to clean up, um, probably some irritation, some buildup in his knee. Uh, he says he's up to about 215 pounds. I don't know what he was at last year. Um, let me let me just look. I want to see what he's listed at on like general NFL websites and see. I mean, I'm assuming it's right around what he says he was Um, let's see what pro football Reference has. they have him at 510 210 pounds Uh, the actual NFL site also has him at 200 pounds and he said he was up to 215 pounds and he said that um, you know he was playing a little injured he was uh, he was getting banged up I mean towards the end of the season along with Debo Samuel Elijah Mitchell was there every down back and so he made it clear that he wanted to put on weight uh, and was preparing to be an every-down back when it comes to whether it's pass catching or running between the tackles. So um, he had that procedure to clean up his knee. It didn't seem like it was serious at all. It was, uh, you know, just what they would call a cleanup procedure. And uh, we'll see what we get from Elijah Mitchell this year because I mean, all signs are pointing to him being the guy. And we'll see how Trey Sermon fits into that. We'll see how Jeff Wilson Jr. fits into that. But um and, and I, I'm assuming the 49ers will probably draft a running back somewhere. They just do that thing. So uh, Elijah Mitchell putting on some weight, preparing to be the next big thing for the 49ers and we'll see how that works out as the offseason progresses. But uh just cool to see. Uh, the 49ers did uh or, or excuse me, as the linebacker Aziz Alshire did finally sign his his tender. I believe it was a tech, second round tender if I'm not mistaken. Uh, which means the 49ers owe him over $3 million. And if any team would want to try to sign Aziz al-Shair to a new contract and the 49ers chose not to ma- match that contract, that team would owe the 49ers a second-round pick. Uh, that's part of being a, what a restrictive free agent is. And so uh, he did sign that tender. He'll be on the 49ers this year. And then next year he would hit free agency should the 49ers not look to extend him or you know sign him to – couple years because he came on pretty well he looked like a very very good player next to Fred Warner and somebody capable and and worthy of being in that starting spot so we'll see where the 49ers go from there um while I'm recording this the draft is just days away it is Monday evening this should be hitting your feeds Tuesday morning and uh you know as as boring as we thought this first day was going to be and it may still be that way Uh, The 49ers name may never come up on the ticker in any way, shape, or form, but 49ers fans are going to be looking at this draft from under a different light. They're going to be wondering as each one of those first round picks comes across the board, especially those owned by teams that have been rumored to be interested in Debo Samuel. You know, they're going to be wondering, "Is is this when we see that trade go down? So, of course, in standard 49ers fashion, they have found a way to make everything interesting no matter what time of the year it is and it, no matter even if they don't have a first round pick the 49ers have found a way to make the first round uh, of the NFL draft interesting and one of the uh, the biggest rumors we've heard in regards to Debo Samuel and the 49ers in the first round is that i believe it was Tony Pauline Pauline um said that he had heard the Jets were willing to offer the number to- number 10 overall pick for Debo Samuel which is whew, that's big, that's big, big money right there. The 49ers traded to uh, Forrest Buckner for the number 13 overall pick. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the credibility of the report. I don't know. You know, I'm just passing on the word. That's what the draft's going to be like. As those picks come and go and that, t- and the pay, it hasn't said the pick is in. Fans are going to be watching that going, oh, is this a trade? Is this when we hear about Devo Samuel? And, uh, you know, Hopefully you don't hear about it and the 49ers find a way to make it work. Um, Or depending on where you're, you lean, maybe you hope you do hear about it. I I don't know. I, you know, it's something tells me that Debo Samuel and the 49ers are the best for each other, but who knows? I have no knowledge on how that relationship has deteriorated or been repaired or wherever we're at. So, you know, that's going to be the main thing on Thursday is, is, is Debo Samuel going to be moved on that draft night or will he be moved before that day comes? It could very well happen tonight. It could very well happen tomorrow, Wednesday, whatever, what, what have you. Um, but obviously I think that's going to be on the forefront of, of, fans minds as we get going, especially when you hear about picks like the jet, you know, when that, when the jets come on the clock or 49ers are going to be a fan, I guarantee you the tweets are going to be out there. Is this the one is Debo Samuel about to be traded? Um, so yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. But let's say even the 49ers don't trade Debo Samuel on opening night because it sure as hell should not be on any night after that because Debo Samuel is worth much more than anything after the first round. Now could they could they trade Debo Samuel for a second round pick and then a the future first? Uh, sure, yeah, they could. Um, but if Debo Samuel is gonna be traded, I would be expect it to be in the first round for one of the picks in that round plus some. So um, along with that, let's say Debo Samuel isn't traded. Maybe the 49ers still find a way into the first. They have, they have, I believe a second round pick and two third round picks. Um, they could easily take, take two of those picks and, and couple them together and try and find a way into the late first. If, uh, if they feel a, a center or, you know, a wide receiver or a safety or somebody, that, that they have graded very highly has fallen a little too far and they want to try and go get them. We've seen the 49ers trade a lot. And so that wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all. So uh, there may be a chance, despite the fact that John Lynch seemed convinced that Thursday was going to be boring. Um, maybe it won't be. And maybe that's just more 3D underwater, upside down uh, outer space chess. And, and John Lynch knows that... <clears throat> excuse me, there's a good chance that they could be picking in the first round uh, because a Debo Samuel trade has been worked on. We have no idea where this is going to go. And perhaps the exciting, that's the exciting part, you know, and I've said this before, try to just enjoy all of this. You know, the draft only comes around once a year. The, you know, there's always something to be entertained and interested by and whether or not you agree with what Debo Samuel's doing, whether or not you think, he should stay or he should go. What do you whatever whatever you think the 49ers should do? Just try and enjoy this whole time, this whole situation, this whole moment, you know, just like all those memes you see of of people just living in the moment. Try and just enjoy all this. What's gonna happen is gonna happen. And and you know, you might as well just treat it like, you know, your favorite sitcom. And you're just looking forward to the next episode. You don't know what it's gonna be or what's gonna happen, but you're looking forward to it. And so that's kind of like why where I try and keep my head, my head space when it comes to the 49ers. Because despite the fact that I took on like a media role uh under Chris Biederman and, and you know did the media thing and and look forward to continuing to do it, this all got started uh because I was a 49ers fan and I was I wanted to take that next step and be, you know, take my my passion for the 49ers to another level, which was riding and covering the team. And so that kind of forces you to change your mindset. And and the longer this went on, the longer I realized that I have no control over what's going on. I don't have no need to be uh, too excited or too upset about any of it. And, and maybe that removes some of the fun, but it also kind of puts you on a track like, man, no matter what happens, I'm just going to enjoy it because this is entertaining. Um, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to get to jump on a podcast once or twice a week and talk about this with you guys. Like, you know, I'm just going to enjoy it, and, and hopefully you can find some way to do the same. Just no matter where your opinions lie and what you're hoping to happen, just kind of put yourself in a headspace where you're going to enjoy it no matter what, and no matter what, we're going to have 49ers football to watch, we're going to have a team to follow, we're going to have players, to, you know what I mean? It's always going to be going down, so um, just kind of learn to enjoy it. I mean, maybe those are my parting thoughts for you guys today. It's just try not to get too wrapped up in what you want to happen, and just kind of Embrace what's going to happen, and maybe it'll be more fun for you. Maybe that's just not your style. Maybe shut the hell up, Rob. Maybe that's maybe that's the takeaway. Shut the hell up, Rob. I'm going to be the fan I want to be, and you ain't going to tell me any different, which it's fine with me. I feel you. I got you. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, a couple days out, guys. A couple days out. If something happens, obviously, then I'm going to hop back on here and talk to you guys about it. Um, but if not, then then maybe the next time you guys hear from me will be at some, if the 49ers jump into the first round or at the end of the second round on Friday. At some point, I'll be back on here to break down what the 49ers have done so far on the draft, whether that's something surprising after Thursday or after the 49ers have made their three picks on Friday. We'll see where it is. Um, but, again, I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm really, really looking forward to it. To me, uh, the draft has sort of crept up on me this year. And I can't believe it's already draft week. Can't believe it's only a couple of days away. And I am excited. So, as always, thank you, folks, for listening to the Strike and Gold podcast, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. I appreciate everybody out there who is listening to my uh, Kermit the Frog, Ray Romano esque voice. Hopefully, you have found it um, sustainable and bearable. As always, but in the end, it's it's on you guys, man. This podcast exists because you guys listen to it, and I appreciate it very much. So, tell you it every week, but I'm going to keep telling it to you. Um, make sure you guys are rating, reviewing, subscribing. Leave us leave us five star reviews. You know, wherever you listen to your podcast, jump on there and tell the world how great Striking Gold is. Um, whether you have to to believe it or not, <laughs> um, but yeah. We'll see. A couple days out from of the draft, guys. I really hope you enjoy it. Make some plans. Uh, do some barbecuing. Hang out with some friends. Whether or not the 49ers are picking in the first round, you can, uh, you can still enjoy it and have some fun. So I hope you do enjoy the draft. Again, thank you for all the support of Striking Gold. Means the world. But hey, I'm Rob. This is Strike and Gold. And for another episode, we are signing out.